Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past on the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion. 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton's starting to feel it. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Gideon. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Well, I've got one thing to say. Are we done traveling yet? It seems like we've been on the road the past couple of weeks. You've got push time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Traffic Association and Bet America Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, what a busy couple of weeks it's been. Are we done yet? No, absolutely not. We're just getting started, <laughs> my friend. Uh, what an amazing couple of weeks it has been from the Hambletonian to the Dan Patch and then everything in between. It's been a wild ride over the past couple of weeks. We head to Woodbine Mohawk Park for our next live remote uh, right there towards the end of August. It's actually August 31st as Mike Bozich and the gang will bring you live coverage from Woodbine Mohawk Park. But Mike, uh, we want to give our listeners a quick little update. We will not be having a show next week. And it's for such a sad reason. <laughs> Stop that. You're Actually, fired, for, you know that. You know what? Listen, on behalf of uh, everybody from the Bose the household and everybody, if you haven't known, if you if you don't follow Mike Carter on Facebook or uh, Twitter, he is getting married coming up next Friday. So he has eight days of freedom left, eight days of <laughs> life left. So 
but seriously, it's, I know it's an exciting time for you, and this is something that you guys have been planning for a long time. Certainly looking forward to that. So uh, no show Thursday unless, Mike, you want to broadcast live from the wedding, which we could, or the rehearsal, actually. We got the rehearsal dinner, and you're traveling, and uh, we got a lot going on. So no no show next Thursday. Uh, Kate would probably kill me if I tried to do it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we will have something in its place. Um, I am thinking it will probably be – the Hamiltonian show uh, from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, or it might be the Pepsi North America Cup show. It'll be one of our live remotes uh, from earlier this season that will take its place. Uh, so you can hear our live remote as we prepare for Woodbine Mohawk Park. But, Mike, let's first talk about the Hoosier Park Dan Patch Stakes and what an amazing, amazing performance by Lather Up. Yeah, I mean, certainly Lather Up has become probably the best horse in the country right now, and and uh, it's just fr- so weird how freaky good he has become. And you know, obviously he's been battling gate issues, but you know what the real deal is: the horse is so fast. You know, a lot of times, especially on the five eights, I know he made a couple of missteps at Pocono in the you know in his career, but uh, the horse is so fast that he just gets away in the turn. And, you know, we've been waiting for Lather Up to put it all together. He has put it all together now, Mike, and it's scary how good and fast this horse is. But how about Montreal? You talk about a guy that's having so much fun out there on the bike uh, with the big cheesy smile as he's crossing the line in the Dan Patch. I mean, just good stuff. Fun to see, you know, good things happen to good people. And Lather Up has certainly turned the corner. It's going to be exciting to see what kind of speed numbers that he's going to put up as we uh, approach the end of the year. Speaking of exciting, how about the Vincent Delaney Memorial over in Ireland? Our man Jordan Stratton uh, actually went over there, won a couple of races. We saw Heather Vitale over there. What an exciting weekend that has become uh, for the fans. Yeah, no question about it. As a matter of fact, Jordan's on the phone now. We're not going to wait. Made him wait. We're not going to make him wait any longer. We're going to bring him right on and forego the commercial. But uh, we've also got uh, Gabe Pruder is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about the upcoming uh, Red Mile, the Kentucky Sire Stakes, kicked off this past week. So uh, we're going to talk to Gabe about that. Plus, we're also going to have our man Anthony McDonald. It's been a while since the Guru of the Stable .ca has joined us. So we're going to get an update on what's going on there. He's got a horse in the. Uh, Gold Cup and Saucer, which is coming up. Gold Cup and Saucer 60. We'll be talking more about that. Plus, uh, Joe Zambito, our man from Batavia, is going to be joining us as well. But let's bring in Jordan. Jordan, sorry for the wait, my friend. How are you? Congratulations on your win in Ireland. I knew that had to be quite a thrill for you. Yeah, that was a a thrill I I won't ever forget. It was just a a great trip. And I think everybody around me is kind of sick of hearing me talk about it. But... (laughs) You know, no words can explain going across the wire and, you know, everybody's yelling and screaming. It's like the biggest race I've won, and they race for hardly any money. Now, Jordan, talk about what the scene is like over there. Obviously, uh, we've we've had representatives go over there over the past couple of years, but what, you know, you had a chance to kind of take it all in. What was the scene like uh, for you while you were there? Uh, You know, everybody that got into horse racing, started with a, a passion, you know, the size of, you know, what, you know, just you love the game. That's all you think about is the game, the horses, all you can, every day you want to watch horse racing and that's what the Irish people still have. And it's great to see the, the passion still in their sport. And I've talked to a couple of people and they're, they're hoping that the government can uh, step in and they can start racing for a little more money than they are now. But it's amazing just to see how, how passionate those people are for, 
you know, they, they don't really race for that much money and they just do it for the love of the sport. Visiting with Jordan Stratton. Jordan, of course, uh, picked up his first win overseas in Ireland uh, this past week. Jordan, you mentioned uh, something very interesting that uh, really just stuck out to me a few seconds ago, and you said it was the biggest win probably in your career, and it's not even for that much money. What was so special about that win to you? Well, obviously traveling uh, across the ocean and, you know, I guess it's it's not that big of a deal if you don't win a race, but being as competitive as I am, you know, I'd like to put on a, a little bit of a good show. So, you know, leading up to that day, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself wanting to win a race, and the rain was coming down. It was muddy. It was sloppy. I couldn't see anything. My eyes were hurting. You know, I got beat. I got beat. I got beat. And then finally, I, everything lined up, and uh, a horse, Benny Camden, comes second over and three high up the backside, and he opened up a bunch of lengths and even from the backside, I could hear everybody yelling and screaming and, you know, just the whole place was electric. And then you, you, you score down after the wire and you come back to the winner's circle. And I think the, the whole grandstand was in the winner's circle. I don't know if I ever made it to the winner's circle. You know, there were that <laughs> many people in it. Yeah, Jordan, talk to us uh, about how you got the opportunity to go over there. Uh, obviously, a U.S. representative goes um, every year, but tell us about how you were selected and uh, what what that meant to you. Uh, I've, you know, I've kind of put it out there a couple times to certain people that you know I'd be interested in going if the opportunity ever presented itself, and I don't know if those people lined it up or how it actually came about, but Heather had contacted me on Facebook and asked me if I was interested. And, uh, you know, I, I took the opportunity and I would, I would recommend anybody that has the opportunity to go to, to take it because it's, it's a trip I'll be talking about the rest of my life. Visiting with Jordan Stratton. Jordan, let's talk about maybe some of the things, some ideas that we can get from Ireland. Now, obviously, they've got a, a very good passion for the sport of harness racing. Attract uh, a lot of people. They don't go for a whole lot of money, but they do attract a lot of fans. What are some of the things that you think that maybe racing in the United States can learn from uh, the people in Ireland? Uh, I don't think it's it's so much that we need to learn. I think we we all got into the game for the love of the horses. And, you know, sometimes you just got to remember what you got in the game for. And I know it definitely, uh, you know, it made me uh, rethink sometimes over here, there's so much racing that you kind of get into to a rut and it's the same scene every night. And, you know, it's, you kind of forget your love of the sport and uh, it starts to become just a job, but it really opened up my eyes when I came back and, and kind of relit the fire, you know. Sounds good. Well, Jordan, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Congratulations on that victory, and, of course, best of luck to you down the road. All right, and congratulations to Mike on the wedding. All right, <laughs> thanks, thanks Jordan. All right, bye. All right, that was Jordan Stratton. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because – that what what he said what he said right there i mean really struck me it's they don't even go for a whole lot of money but yet it was the biggest one of his career and and i think that's you know a big indication of how much he really loves the sport of harness racing and you know how much it can how much better it can be if you've got a grandstand pack full of people cheering you on yeah, definitely. The The feeling is just unbelievable. I can take it back to Goshen, Mike, where Mark McDonald was racing in the Hall of Fame race, and they do not bet at all. They don't bet. 
period in the state of New York at the fairs. And Martin McDonald made a break going up the backstretch, and he came across the line last, probably beating about 100 and some lengths. And when he came across the line, the crowd saluted him with the biggest ovation I think I've ever heard. And, of course, he saluted them back. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're first or last. They seem to enjoy it. Well, <laughs> I would say that that happens in the States, too, at least back in the olden days when the grandstands were full of people. Uh, Sportsman's Park, as a matter of fact, the old Sportsman's Park in Illinois, the horses, the, the paddock was to the left of the grandstand. So after the race, they would have to come back around to the grandstand and uh, <laughs> you talk about salute. It, it wasn't friendly salutes, put it that way. There were some, oh, man. I mean, they used to, we had some driver hecklers, you know, kind of like you heckle baseball players, but uh, uh, you know, the, uh, we certainly can't use that kind of language that was used there because this is a family program. Yeah, yeah, we we don't want to use any of that. This is we keep it G here. You know what? Listen, um, you've been to, you've been to your share of fairs. I've been to my share of fairs, and you know, I, a lot of people ask me sometimes. Well, you know, wh- why do we need fairs? Why does it? Why, why do? Uh, you know, why can't they just race them at the over at the uh, racetracks and this and that? And do do fairs affect the horse supply and all that kind of stuff? But in my opinion, Mike, fairs are very important to the sport because. I think it's an avenue to, you know, create fans, especially young fans. And I think it's an avenue, you know, to keep our name out there. And it's it's a big promotional tool as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I have to agree with you. You know, young people aren't coming to the racetrack. Let's just be honest. And so if you can latch them at a fair, if you can latch them at a matinee race, doesn't matter. If you can latch them at one of those spots, you might have hit a gold mine. Yeah, no question about it. Absolutely. All right, still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Joe Zambito is going to be joining us, and he's going to talk a little bit about Batavia Downs, what's going on at that particular meet. Plus, we're going to talk to our man, Gabe Prude. We're talking some Red Mile, and we're going to also talk to our friend from the stable.ca, Anthony McDonald. But we're badly behind on commercials, so let's get going. we got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. They're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Pat Stakes. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Pat Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m. The Meadowlands racing season is just Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike 
Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We're back to this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Still lots to come on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike. Talk to our man Gabe Pruitt here in just a few minutes. We're also going to talk to Anthony McDonald and Joe Zambito. But, Mike, we've been on the road the past couple of weeks, and uh, our man Gabe Pruitt is a huge baseball fan. I'm going to have to give him – I'm going to have to bust him a little bit because the Indians are in first place. How about that for a change, huh? <laughs> I mean, well, you see, Gabe's a big Dodger fan, okay? And uh, here's the thing about Gabe and baseball and high lie and uh, greyhound racing or harness racing or horse racing or whatever the case may be. Gabe's going to back the favorite. Gabe's a big chalk guy. Not as big of a chalk guy as you, Mike Carter, but... Gabe is a pretty big chalk guy. Of course, we're giving him some heck, but no, actually, we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about some of the happenings at the Red Mile. The Kentucky Sire Stakes just kicked off this past week, had some big names down there uh, doing battle, and uh, so we're going to talk about some of the performances uh, that he's witnessed, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Grand Circuit Week, which isn't too far away. The Little Brown Jug's not too far away either, so we got a lot coming up on in uh, the sport of harness racing over the next couple of weeks. Uh, of course, we'll be joined by Joe Zambito here, the track announcer at Batavia Downs. Uh, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about the 2019 Night of Champions at Batavia. Of course, Joe Zambito has been a race caller, one of the finest race callers in the game, by the way. And he's going to talk a little bit about um, the uh, the meet at Batavia. And, of course, the 2019 Night of Champions. We'll also be joined by our good friend Anthony McDonald. It's been a while since Anthony's been on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the stable.ca. And uh, 
right, the, P, the uh, PEI initiative that has taken place over the past couple of weeks when they enter the horse into the uh, Gold Cup and Saucer. That, uh, the Gold Cup and Saucer 60 is coming up as well. So lots left to come on this edition of First Time with Mike and Mike. And right now we're joined by our good friend, our good buddy, the one and only Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, how are you? Mike, it's great to be on with you guys. First of all, I'd like to set the record straight. The Cleveland Indians have lost two consecutive. They're a half game out of first, so that was obviously <laughs> fake news we heard a moment ago. They are not in first place, and they are beginning to spiral out of control. And the Dodgers are currently tied for the best record in baseball uh, with the Yankees, so I figured we would get that all out of the way first. Okay. Well, you know, I'm not a real big baseball guy. You know, when they went back on strike – uh, this is going back several years now. I just, I never got, uh, you know, I just never really got back involved. And then, of course, when the Cubs won the World Series a few years back, I was back involved. But then I kind of stepped back a little bit. That, that You're going back several years, Mike. Uh, oddest fact in the world, I believe that was 1994. I was actually at the last game prior to the strike. The Dodgers were in Cincinnati. So uh, I was a kid and uh, went to that game uh I believe it was '94. So yes, you you've been out of the loop for quite some time. If you haven't uh, if you haven't been an avid baseball fan since the strike. Hey Gabe, I still say I made the best bet all best sports bet all season long in the Indians, my friend. Well, Hollywood Hayden actually big Indians yes, he uh, guy. Did. He's, uh, he's he's really supported them. Uh, I have to give him a lot of credit and and spoke their praises in the press box almost nightly at the Meadowlands, and I know he is on board. Uh, for Cleveland to win that division. So just out of respect for Holly, I suppose I'm going to have to pull uh, for your Indians to win that division. Had it not been for Hollywood Hayden, I would have never known about that. So uh, kudos to Hollywood for for sharing the news. And uh, listen, it looks like uh, we're both going to come out on top here. Well, let's hope. I think uh, I'm in pretty good shape. I've got a, uh, I believe about a a 20-game lead in my division. So if I pull that... uh, (laughs) Uh, that would be like uh, being on top of a, uh, a pole turning for home. So I should be okay at least to win the division. All right. Well, listen, enough baseball talk. This is a harness racing show. Let's talk some harness racing <laughs> at the Red Mile. You guys uh, have, over the past couple of years, put together a really impressive Kentucky Sire Stakes program. It is a dual eligibility type program. Tell us a little bit about how it's grown and uh, what it's been like this year uh, to see some uh, pretty impressive performances already. Well, it's a very unique program, guys, and, is, and basically the mayor has to be in the state six months, year of conception, uh, for that full to be eligible to this uh, Sire Stakes program. So we do not go stallion-based, as I believe nearly every other state does. Uh, so it creates dual eligibility. So if you have a mayor here in the state, you breed to Ohio or Pennsylvania, uh, and she is in the state six months the year you're bred. Not only is your resulting full uh, going to be eligible to the state where the stallion stands, but you're also going to be Kentucky eligible. We obviously have a lot of the major breeding farms here in the state uh, with uh, Brittany Farms, Hunterton Farms, Diamond Creek, uh, to say the least. So when you have those foals that are eligible to uh, dual eligibility there, you know, we've got a lot of uh, powerful pedigrees that that are eligible to this Kentucky program. And we're really going to see that tonight, guys. We've got Better's Wish, fresh off that uh, Milstein win. I know you were there, Mike Carter, the other night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Turned into essentially being a training mile for him. Uh, when he got to the half 57 seconds, he's back in on short rest tonight. Uh, I'm hearing it could be his only start in the program uh, because we have three legs, and the point uh, you do not have to start in a certain amount of races. So if he wins this race tonight, which by all means he should, uh, Captain Trevor uh, is a second choice in there, uh, and obviously he's danced some of the big dances this year. A lot of the other Colts, so uh, just a bit off the stakes trail that he faces here tonight. 
Uh, if he wins tonight, he would probably make that final without appearing here for legs two or three. Uh, the final is going for $250,000, uh, and that's in a month, Sunday, September 15th. We have a special afternoon program that day. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see as the schedule plays out who pops in here uh, from leg to leg to make starts. We've got horses like Green Shoe uh, that are Kentucky Sire Stakes eligible. Uh, so we'll see. Again, if those horses come down and win, they may only have to be in town one time uh, to make that big money final. So we're looking forward to seeing uh, how that plays out. Uh, week to week, you really have to keep your eyes on the entries here. You just never know who could show up. And the great news as far as the early meet goes, guys, we have stakes here nearly every night uh, leading up into that September 15th card. So I believe we have four stakes programs, then we always take one night off, then we come back with four more stakes programs, and that's pretty much how it plays out over the three legs. So we actually wrap up leg one tonight, uh, three-year-old pacing colts. Uh, on the Thursday card, we'll take Saturday off in terms of stakes action. By the way, we have wiener dog races, so a nice uh, supplement there. And then Sunday night, we begin the second leg of the sire stakes, so we've got the two-year-old trotting colts. Uh, back in town, I'm hearing Sunday night uh, is going to be a big card, 15 or 16 races likely uh, here to close out the weekend. What an exciting time to be at the Red Mile, uh, not just with the Sire Stakes program, but Gabe, you guys just went through a little bit of a resurfacing project, and we think that the track might actually be a little bit faster. You know what? Uh, all indications, guys, this track is lightning fast. They say it's getting better each and every day, which is a scary fact because we have seen uh, more lifetime marks here over the first few weeks of this meet than I can ever remember. Uh, horses really seem to just be launching off this service. I think by the time the uh, Grand Circuit rolls around, uh, you know, it, it really could uh, be set up for an amazing show. It's the first time they have resurfaced the track since a new ownership group uh, has taken over. That was in 2001, so it's been uh, right at 20 years uh, since the uh, resurfacing has taken place, and uh, I think it's going to uh, set up for an amazing uh, summer. Again, that Sire Stakes Day is going to be great. That's an afternoon card as well, uh, September the 15th, and then we all will be looking forward to all daytime Grand Circuit action this year. So no night cards, both weeks uh, going to start at 1 p.m., I like that switch. I'm a tradition-type guy, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Presenting with Game Pruitt. Uh, Gabe, let's talk about, from a handicapping point of view, uh, the Red Mile, obviously not a very long meet. From a handicapping point of view, what are some of the strategies that we can do to try to attack this and make some money? Well, you know, the good thing is, Mike, I think it's probably the most fair racetrack that we still have. Uh, in the sport of artist racing. You don't see that front-end speed bias here at the Red Mile that you do at many or almost every track, for that matter. At uh, this point in time, you can close. It's really just a fair racetrack. You know, it's uh, it's going to determine on uh, pace. So you always want to keep that in mind. Uh, don't ever discount uh, horses, uh, you know, from outside uh, post. I saw it the other day. Uh, you know, it's really, when I was looking at our post position statistics, uh, it, it's pretty much, uh, you know, very fair in terms of that as well. Uh, interesting to note, we had six divisions of the two-year-old Colt Trotters of the first leg. The favorites, Mike, 0 for 6. Uh, so wow. it's not like uh, stakes racing where you're going to see a lot of chalk. Uh, we came back to the two-year-old Pacers the next night. We had three divisions. The favorites just one for three there. Uh, we, we do see if there are 11 horses or less, just one division. So that creates some great wagering opportunities uh, because you uh, obviously have, have full fields. These horses just beginning. Uh, as we know, these two-year-olds – you know, week in, week out, we can see a lot of change. So I think, uh, you know, you can follow those horses, the tendencies, uh, and how they're racing. And the good thing is we have such a mixed bag. We have horses coming from everywhere. 
So you've got horses coming off the Ohio State circuit, hooking up with horses uh, coming up from up your way in uh, Pennsylvania. So it really makes for some intriguing matchups. I think that's why we've seen uh, some of those upsets uh, to begin the uh, stakes season. You know, the overnights here, we have, uh, you know, full fields. We typically see chaos a lot of times in those events. So uh, I think it really makes for, for perplexing uh, racing, uh, and uh, we've seen some great payouts. I can't tell you how many 20-cent superfexes we've already seen over four figures. So uh, I think it really makes uh, for great opportunities for those out there uh, waging into the pools. You know, I know a guy like Mike Carter would give you better win tonight. <laughs> uh, he's going to pay about 210 but uh, – Unfortunately, that's, that's, that's not the best betting race. But we do have some others. Yeah, they, you may have been on the show, actually. You may take a shot. Gabe, before we let you go, let's talk about uh, your duties at the Red Mile, of course, and the most uh, high-profile one is, of course, you're calling the races. So let's talk about calling at the Red Mile. How difficult or easy is it? Well, it's not easy. I will say that uh, <laughs> it's not overly difficult. <laughs> but the, the angle, uh, as Mike Carter may know, I believe uh, he would attest this as well. It's not great. They do come head on at you. You're dealing with some factors, the Red Mod. The grandstand's been here for uh, a million years. Let's say it's, not the, uh, it's not the greatest <laughs> in the world upstairs. But it could be much worse. And, and you know what? There's nothing better, especially, you know, I'm from here. So it, it's home to me. And uh, to sit up there, uh, we've had beautiful weather to begin this week. We raced nine nights, and I think the temperature has been just like right at 80 degrees every night. No weather whatsoever to speak of. And it's just uh, it's great to be home. Uh, I really enjoy it, and, and it's uh, I'm very fortunate to have that opportunity uh, to, to call races here at, uh, at, at what is my home track. You, you know it's even harder to see through? Me. When I get in your way up in the announcer's booth, I, I'm very appreciative that Gabe lets me sit up there with him. But I'll tell you what, every once in a while, I think he wants to kill me because I sneak out in front of him a little bit, and uh, he can't see through me, man. That is actually a good point and uh, an odd story. Yeah, Mike Carter, a good resource when he's up there with me. Uh, I believe it was last year, Mike, that uh, oh, yeah. I had to turn the mic off for about two seconds mid-race. Uh, to to recheck a world record or something to that effect when, when you're out there. So, I, we, uh, yes. So, so that, that real was quick, a, a here, good time. Here, here's the story, real quick. And freaking, so we're up in the announcer's booth, and every race, we're, we're giving world records to each other and track records and trying to make sure we remember. Well, this race, um, freaking, we forgot. This one race we forgot. For whatever reason, we forgot. And they got to the half in something crazy, like 53 and a piece or something ridiculous. And all of a sudden, the mic, I hear him, I see him turn around, push the button, and he goes, what's the world record? And he turns it back on, and I just scream it at him like it was like 48 a piece or something like that. I scream it at him. Sure enough, they make, they make a world record, and everything's happy. And we're, as soon as he turns the mic off, we're both dying because we both know what just happened. Nobody else in the world knows, but we're dying laughing because it was hilarious to us. Not going to go in uh, Ken Morganton's uh... – chapter of, of how to call races <laughs> and how to prepare for world records uh, was that but it was great and you helped me out tremendously and uh yes Wait. that is one thing you have to realize guys in the fall uh, and and mike you know from being up here i mean you really have to check those world records every single race we know we have so many different world, world records so a lot of times you've got late closures here you've got three-year-olds in the race you've got four-year-olds in the race you've got geldings in the race colts in the race so you have to check all these things, and you can never be asleep at the switch. I believe it was this past year, possibly the year before, we had a late closer, uh, a Philly, when the first race of the day, a race where you would absolutely uh, not think you have to really search any world records, was she tried a 49 to change. So you can never oh, really take yeah. any race for granted down here 
whether it's a, a stake, a late closer, you pretty much just have to uh, be prepared every single race. And I think uh, with this new track service, uh, that's even going to be hyped up even more this fall. Uh, if people only knew what happens in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabe, get out of here. We got to go. All right, Talk guys. To you later, buddy. Thanks for hey, hey, Tell hey, my hey, main hey. man. Tell my main man Joe Zambito. I said hello as well. That's going to be a great night of champions here at Batavia this year. I'm so happy for those guys getting to host that. And uh, if I could shake loose, I'd love to be there. But uh, I think that's hey. going to be a very, very fun night. Hey, Gabe. He's actually sitting on yes. hold so he can hear everything you're saying. So uh, make sure you don't oh, say wow, anything so I'm bad. Oh, okay? to Joe Zambito. Well, you know what, guys? <laughs> a sports radio, it's like a sports radio show. I'm going to hang up and listen now. So I'm looking forward to your interview with the Joe. <laughs> See you, Gabe. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, you had a chance to call it the Red Mile, and uh, it's it could be tough. And I believe you had to call it a driving rainstorm, didn't you? Yeah, could be is not is an understatement. That's for <laughs> darn sure. In a driving rainstorm, and the and the worst part is it's not even the rain; it's the clay because the clay gets on their uh, driving colors, and you can't see everything. Everybody turns red. It's just it, it's it's tough. It's not not easy. That's for sure. All right, we still have a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, our man Joe Zambito, the fine track announcer, but the deck circle plus. We're also going to talk. Donald from the stable.ca. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raise to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, On Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th. And eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than betamerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at betamerica.com. From the edge of your seat starts white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now 
by the man, the myth, the legend, the man of Batavia Downs in Western New York, Joe Zambito. Joe, what's going on, man? Where else would I rather be than right here, right now? <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you? Not doing too bad. Well, listen, we'll get into all this racing stuff and Super Night, but there's something way more important I want to ask you about, and that's the high school yeah. football team. You are actually the head coach of the high school high school football team in uh, in that area. T- tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of came about, and uh, you know what that's been like for you. Oh well, that's fantastic uh, stuff. I started actually coaching varsity uh, football in a little town called Elba, New York, in 1999 was my first year, and I was a coach there for six years. Uh, we had uh, pretty good success, and then I got out of the game for a few years, and then I got back in, and actually, funny thing is, it's Elba's arch rival, Batavia Notre Dame, a uh, friend of mine coached there, so I got back in as an assistant, and he retired last year, so now my... Uh, my home school is Batavia, Notre Dame. It's a nice private Catholic school located uh, in the center of Batavia and uh, should have a pretty good team, Michael. Should be a good year for us. Coach in high school football, uh, kind of, uh, I've always admired, you know, I used to call uh, high school football games on the radio at my first job a couple of years back in Indiana. And uh, you know what? I always admired football coaches, uh, especially on the high school level, because, you know, it's not like the professional level or even the college level. There's so much more to deal with in the high school level, in my opinion. And uh, obviously the pace is not as good as a coach at an upper <laughs> level. But you know what? It's I've always admired you guys because, I mean, you're dealing with, uh, I mean, dealing with kids. You know, kids got a lot of emotions and a lot of things going on. And, and uh, you know, you're dealing with grades and so forth. So it's uh, I've always thought of it as much more than coaching football well i appreciate that mike you know i I tell the kids every kid that i meet the first time you know that my door is always open and they all have my cell phone number and that i'm here for them and you know if they're having trouble with their parents if they're having trouble with a girl if they're having trouble with their teachers call me i'm here for you and i sincerely mean that when i tell them and, uh, you know, these kids are anywhere between the ages of 15 and 18. And, uh, you know, they're young men and they make mistakes. And I like to try to help them and guide them on their way through life. And, uh, you know, so far we've done okay. We should have a great team this year. And it, it's really ex- exciting. And, you know, I thank Batavia Downs for giving me the opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, spend some time away from the track once in a while and uh, get over there to coach the boys up. So it's a lot of fun. All right, let's jump into some Batavia Downs gaming. Joe, you guys have a stellar meet. It is the championship meet of Western New York that is culminated by New York Super Night. It is the biggest night in New York. It is the Sire Stakes finals that Batavia Downs gaming is getting to host this year. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the first time that Batavia gets this? First time ever. Yeah, we did host some. The biggest race we've hosted to date was a Breeders' Crown event back in the late 80s. And, uh, you know, I was just a youngster, and I remember being in awe watching Stan Bergstein go up the escalator. It was it was a fantastic night. But uh, this is the first time we've hosted the New York Fire Stakes Night of Champions, over $1.8 in purses, eight divisions, 225000 a pop. It's going to be a fun one. 
Yeah, no question. Obviously, not only are you going to be calling those particular races, but you're going to be putting together those particular races because you are the race secretary, of course, at Batavia. So that's kind of like a a, a double a double dipping, if you will. Oh, I'm so excited for this. You know, when uh, I started talking to our general manager, Todd Hyde, about this and got a chance to talk to Kelly Young from the New York Sire Stakes, and I knew we had a shot to get him. And um, Todd Height and, and the guys upstairs put together a great pitch for us to uh, host these races. And um, they accepted our offer. And, you know, with those eight, we have those eight races. And then, guys, we're also going to have our Robert J. Kane Memorial Pace that night, which usually attracts some pretty heavy hitters. Yeah, previous winners of that race, or previous winner of that race is the man, the myth, foiled again. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, listen, I think we all remember uh, the Energizer bunny call you gave him a couple of years ago. And who could forget every time, I mean, the Wild Again is raced over that racing surface. But, you know, this is something that has allowed you guys kind of to stand out a little bit. And uh, from press releases that we've seen, uh, the handle numbers seem to be driving forward. And that's, it's an exciting time to be in Western New York. It is, guys. And, you know, again, Kudos to our general manager, uh, Todd Height. He's done an unbelievable job. And, you know, kudos to our horsemen who've been putting the horses in the box. We've had, uh, you know, way more eight-horse fields. And, um, you know, our our handle is up, you know, our total handle is up like 40% total. And, you know, looking at every every night's card, I mean, just uh, last night we were up like uh 35% from the year before our total handle and it's like every night Todd and I get together and we're like what's our number we have to beat and usually with like three or four races to go we we've already beat that number so it's uh it's a very exciting time in western new york um everything spiraling upwards including our purses which are really really good right now and maybe even getting better in the in the short future now, Joe, uh, obviously you guys have the hotel there at Batavia Downs Gaming now. Talk to us uh, a little bit about that. And uh, if patron or our listeners want to head out to the New York Sire Stakes, uh, tell them, you know, what, what kind of uh, commodities, so to speak, you guys have set up for them. Well, first of all, the hotel is right on the racetrack. I don't know if you've been able to see it yet, but it's right on the racetrack. It's uh, right at the 3 eighths bowl as you head uh, into the home stretch. And they have plenty of uh, suite rooms where there's balcony suites, and you walk right outside, and you can see the races. Um, it's that we have very easy access to uh, betting the races if you want to bet the races. It's completely attached to the racetrack and gaming floor itself, so you never have to leave uh, to go outside. You could go right from the gaming floor, you could go to the outside grandstand, and right to the hotel if you if you wish to do so. We actually even have, which I love, is a walk of fame where from the racetrack to the hotel and we have driving colors of all gentlemen that have raced at Batavia Downs and spent a lot of their time there. And uh, Todd and I walk through there every once in a while, and it's it's really nice to see. But uh, our gaming floor is on fire right now. Uh, Ryan Hasenauer does a great job promoting the gaming floor. And um, our food is fantastic, and uh, everything at Batavia Downs is on the upswing. Uh, just it's it's really being run the right way, and it's so exciting for me because I grew up here. So to see the place, you know, the parking lot's full every night, uh, 
and the racing has been fantastic. The gaming has been unbelievable. It's just a real great time in Western New York. Well, Joe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, we certainly enjoy your enjoy your race calls, and uh, it sounds like the Batavia product's headed in the right direction, and you're a big reason for that, my friend. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate being on. You guys do an awesome job. I listen to you every week. I thank you for uh, being able to spend a little time with me today. All right. Thanks, Joe. You got it. Hi, Gabe. <laughs> I got a, he got that in before I hit the X button. How about that? Oh man, you always hit the X button. Always. You never fail. Mike. So funny story, Mike hit the X button and I think he accidentally uh might have accidentally X'd himself. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got Anthony McDonald in the on-deck circle. We're going to talk the stable.ca. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Back Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Winback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and for more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're going to be joined in a few minutes by Anthony McDonald. But, Mike, but hmm. you hit the X button, and I think you accidentally X yourself. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time that happened. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh. Would not be the first time that that happened, my friend. Uh, anyway, so you exed yourself, and you're back now, so we're good to go. Good to go. GTG, as Wendy would say. That's right. And speaking of good to go, how about the Gold Cup and Saucer coming up? Gold Cup and Saucer 60 already, Mike Carter. And, uh, of course, Vance Cameron is on the open with that uh, terrific call of the uh, last year's Gold Cup and Saucer, where uh, Somewhere Fancy did it for the French Connection. And uh, I'll tell you what, you talk about a guy that is just so entrenched uh, in tradition in Prince Edward Island. If there, if there's more of a – I think you got Roger Houston that is synonymous with the Little Brown Jug. And obviously I think you've got Vance Cameron that is synonymous with the Gold Cup and Saucer. I completely agree with that, and there's no stigma there, I promise. No stigma there. I was, I was going to let you say it. I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Now, for those of you that are wondering what we're talking about, it was an inside joke from last year's uh, pre uh, – I guess we had Vance Cameron on the show, what, a couple of days before the Gold Cup and Saucer, and uh, Mike Carter said he adds to the stigma of the <laughs> – he adds to the stigma of the uh, atmosphere or something oh, stupid like that. It, uh, it was uh, – yeah, but, but Mel and <laughs> – I love Mel Keith who was on the phone with us. I just he does a curse. She's like, I wish we it had the ability awful. to pull I wish we had the ability to pull clips up and play it during the show. That maybe that's what we have to do because if we had that clip like right available, it would it would be uh, we could sit here and, and uh, make fun of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, we we listen. We make fun of me all the time on this because I always say I say the word stigma and everybody laughs and ha ha ha. But you know, we like to make fun and joke and laugh and giggle with each other because things like that do happen. I mean, you know, it just it's the way it goes. 
All right. Well, right now we're joined by the king of the 33-second second quarter here at Harris, Philadelphia, Anthony McDonald. Anthony, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I... <laughs> well, listen, yeah. hey, if you can do yeah. it, do it, right? That's the name of the game is to conserve energy. You know, when I was a groom, when I was young, I worked for for an old guy, an old horseman, you know, and he was driving the stake races. And same thing, he had the air on coming to the half and two of the guys were whining after he said, listen, there's no lines on the racetrack. You can move whenever you want. <laughs> that was it. That was the end of it. There was no more talk about it. You know what? So, yeah. Anytime I mean, uh, says, you know, anytime anybody, any says, says anything about the second quarter uh, being slow here at this racetrack, which listen, a lot of these guys get away with slow second quarters here and everywhere. I'm not yeah. going to lie, but you know what? Uh, here's the thing. If you don't like it, pull. Well, that's, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, I know it's it may not be the most sightly thing, and I know a lot of gamblers. Like, I take flack all the time if I happen to sl- get a second quarter slow. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all racing for money, right? I know the slower I go the second quarter, the faster I'm going to go the last quarter. It's pretty simple math. And, uh, you know, and you hit it right on the head. If people don't like it, they can move. Well, Anthony, let's talk a little bit about the stable.ca. You have done an amazing thing with fractional ownership. I actually own a piece of one, uh, or excuse me, my fiance owns a piece of one um, that, you know, is racing here in Ohio. But you guys have done something special with PEI and the Gold Cup and Saucer. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, it, it happened by chance, like a lot of this did, you know. Uh, I think when you when you you know you have a good model, good things will happen when you surround yourself with good ideas and good people. And you know, I'd like to think we've done that. And um, last year it was kind of last minute. Uh, I looked at my schedule and realized that I actually had all, most of old home week off, which is you know from when I was driving before full time, just never happened. And um, I had called uh, I'd called Ron Burke because I'd driven some horses for them the two years before that, both Mark Weaver and Mike Buscemi and Ron Burke. And, and I said, hey, you guys bring in any gold cup? And they said, no, we're not, we're not coming down this year. <clears throat> I said, well, do you have anything to sell? And they, list, they sent me a list of some horses that were for sale. And I worked it out in Charlottetown and on our site and on our website and on social media where uh, we bought the horse and we were going to allow – 15% of the horse to be uh, lots raffled off, if you will. So theoretically X amount of people would put their name in a hat. We would draw 15 names. Those 15 people would be eligible to purchase 1% of the horse. And, you know, th- these are expensive horses. I mean, we come down here this year with the horse we draw. I didn't drive him very good the other night, but you know, the horse, it seems like he probably was about fifth or sixth best in hindsight. And they're expensive horses. I mean, we paid 50,000 us for this horse and, you know, to have the fifth or sixth best horse just goes to show what kind of caliber of horses come to PEI. And, um, you know, it's a little unfortunate, but at the same time, people in this region would never, ever be able to buy, for the most part, certainly not the average fan, you know, the average Tom, Dick, or Harry certainly wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to, to experience the Gold Cup and Saucer in a way that not many people get to. And, um, you know, sure enough, we sold, I think, uh, we'd, 38 people put their name in the hat last year, so to speak, and, and 15 got drawn out. This year it was filled up right away again. Um, as I said, I was a little, you know, upset, one, with, with uh, my drive the other night, and two, the way, maybe the way that the horse performed, but you can't expect him to do more than he can do. And he, he drew in the $20,000 consolation on Friday night, and um, although it's not the Gold Cup and Saucer final, it's still exciting for those people that own that horse. And 
um, you know, for what we paid for him, we can bring him back to Ontario, leave him where he is, and with Richard, and and, and more than likely he'll bang that money out. So um, we paid a little bit more for Lincoln James last year, and I decided that maybe that was a little over budget for horse racing and for a horse that you have to bring back and race in a in a condition race, whether it be Yonkers, Ontario, or anywhere. So we had a budget, we stuck to it, and it just uh, didn't work out this year. But nevertheless, those people still got to own a piece of a, of a pretty nice horse. Now, Anthony, the stable.ca has done some amazing things for people um, throughout Pennsylvania, Ohio, Canada, Jersey. I mean, you name it. You guys have horses just about everywhere. Um, I believe you guys have one in Illinois as well. It, it, it's really yeah. kind of amazing to see what you guys have done. How many countries and stuff um, are, are are you like – do you have owners in currently? We just surpassed 700 owners, 700 active clients in 11 countries. And uh, we do have horses pretty well everywhere. Actually, we actually bought two horses in Australia last year, and they're going to be racing in March. Um, you know, it was more or less when I was speaking in Australia, I wanted to uh, – the one thing that they have in Australia that we, we don't realize that we don't have here anymore is a younger generation. And I don't mean that in the cliche way we always talk about. We need to get the young people out. I mean, when I was a kid and I was 14 and 15, there was lots of kids that were my age that wanted to be drivers, that wanted to be part of this industry. And you just don't see a whole lot of that anymore. If we do find a way to write, to write the industry and get it right on track and have it moving forward, we've still missed one or two generations. And when I didn't realize how, how much that was prevalent until I went to Australia and New Zealand. And as I was speaking in Australia, I realized that there was all these young kids out and the way that they do it over there called syndications, um, it's, it's a more straight-up return on investment type scenario. So you have to get securities involved and lawyers and accountants and bookkeepers. And it's really unaffordable for a young, a young horseman or horsewoman to open up a fractional stable. So as much as I was over there speaking about fractional ownership, I was also drawing a line in the sand between uh, a, a stark contrast between what the stable.ca represents, which is entertainment and excitement, and the experience surrounding horse racing, and your typical return on investment site. And in our way, um, there's there's less regulatory constrictions, and um, it, it offers young horsemen an opportunity to do what we do. And a lot of stables have, have opened up over there, uh, I, I would like to believe, because of uh, us being there in the, in the winter and the fall in New Zealand and Australia. But either way, uh, it's really catching on. And over here, I think it will also. It just... I don't know why it's taken so long, um, but I'm sure it'll catch on in the, in the coming months and years. Visiting with Anthony McDonald of the stable.ca. Anthony, you mentioned something about Illinois, and Illinois, I think, is a state that's uh, probably uh, within the next couple of years going to get really good as far as purse money and everything. Uh, yeah. What's uh, what's going to be your uh, your involvement in uh, in Illinois and, and putting some horses, getting some horses there? Well, obviously, we have Eddie Olchek owns a piece of a horse with us uh, in Illinois, and the general manager out in uh, out in Hawthorne, John Walsh, a good client of ours, a really nice man, and we have a lot of clients. As you can imagine, this is the one thing people have to understand is that uh, some of these states like Michigan, Illinois, um, and places like even Quebec where racing was gone for a while, we all know that that bug, it, it never leaves your blood. It's always there, and we've given a people, people a, an opportunity to get back into a game they love in a little different way. And it shouldn't be that shocking that some of our largest client bases are Illinois, Michigan, Quebec, places where, where racing isn't as strong as it was. Um, now, obviously, Quebec's uh, doing a little better with Three Rivers, and, and they get some cool stuff going on there. But nevertheless, 
um, these places where racing has been has been beaten up a little bit are some of our bigger bases. And yeah, we want to play a, a much larger role in Indiana or in Illinois moving forward. Um, but again, you know, people ask all the time. It's not as easy just saying, yeah, we're going to buy a bunch of horses there. There has to be value in the horses we purchase, or we're really just giving people's money away. And um, if there's horses to be purchased and there's value to be found in, in Illinois or any other state or province, then we'll be buying horses there for sure. Anthony McDonald, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. And uh, real quick, if there's anybody listening out there that wants to be a part of the stable, tell them how they could do so. Well, that's pretty easy. You know, you can go to uh, www.thestable.ca and um or you can email me at anthony at the stable.ca listen i'm all over facebook and twitter and instagram and every social media platform there is and uh, if you want to get a hold of me it's pretty easy you know um we do what we can to accommodate everybody and the the thing that i think people like is that the email address that's on our site is mine the phone number on our site is mine and the person you talk to when you call those is me so um always happy to get people involved always happy to get people re-involved and, and that's what we're trying to do here at the stable all right anthony we certainly appreciate you joining us my friend i appreciate the phone call thanks very much all right well i'll tell you what you talk about mike one of the innovative guys in the sport of harness racing what he has started uh with the stable is really taken off not only uh, here in the states or up in canada but really on a global level yeah, for sure, and, and it's one of the things I'm super happy that I got involved with. Uh, I was able to buy Kate a one percent of. Sometimes things happen, and you know he's won a couple of races. We haven't gone to see him race just yet um, because uh, you know time constraints and things of that sort. But you know every time I come home and say, "Hey, he won another one," or he finished second, you know just to see the excitement on her face, it's just amazing. All right, we're going to take one final time out. We're going to wrap this thing up when we come back. It's post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eight. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Special thanks to all of our guests for coming on. Reminder, no show next week. We'll be back in two weeks for the first post of 1030, or at least Mike Bozich will, as I'll be on my honeymoon. We'll see everybody back here in just a couple of weeks. Good night, everybody.
No! 